Today's Girl Which Way show is a loving memory of my mother, Delphia, and everyone else's loved one who's no longer physically with us. If you are grieving, I feel you and empathize with you. If you're not grieving at the moment, I hope you can learn something from this show and that it helps you because none of us can escape loss in our lives. Mama, I love you, and I did this one for you. Hello and welcome to the Girl Which Way podcast, the show that exists because life is a journey, but you still need direction. Grab your girls and get ready because each episode we'll be talking about our real life issues, answering questions, and building solid relationships with one another as we heal and learn. I am your host, your girl, Shalia Vinny, and today's show is all about dealing with loss and the grieving process. We'll discuss the ins and outs of grief and how to cope with losing someone we care about. I will also open up about the recent loss of my mother and share with you what her loss has taught me. You ready? So I know the show's been on a hiatus since we wrapped season one, but a lot's been happening for me personally since we closed out the last show. The biggest thing, of course, is the fact that I lost my mother on April 8th. Dealing with my grief and unanswered questions and regret of missed opportunities has changed me. It's grown me and stretched me in ways I didn't know it would. You all know me and you know that I'm an author, so it goes without saying that when I'm struggling or happy or sad, I write about it. And oftentimes, those words have been helpful to many of you. So I felt the best way to kick off season two and end this hiatus is to share a bit of my heart with you. I wanted to share my experience with you because this show is all about me sharing some of my lessons I learned during this grieving process. One thing I know for sure is that we all grieve the loss of someone close to us at one point or another. And I'm doing this show because one of the biggest lessons I learned is you cannot grieve alone. So will you empathize with me? I wanted to make this show while it's fresh. And as of this show's recording, it has been a week and two days since I lost her. You guys know that I strongly believe in transparency and being forthcoming when I'm talking to you about my personal stuff, because I believe that if my stories are going to help someone, they have to be true stories. So this is no different. I first want to start off by saying my relationship with my mother was not all roses and unicorns. It was very layered. For many years, I lived with this sort of hidden resentment towards her. I never felt like she really loved me the way she should. I was always needing more from her. I'm her only daughter, and I'd see my friends and how close they were with their mothers and realize I didn't have that, and I could never understand why. She never told me she was proud of me. She didn't hug me enough. She only started actually verbally telling me she loved me a couple years ago when my brother called her out about it, saying, Mama, you know you never tell your daughter you love her. I don't think she intentionally did it, but I do know that she loved me. She was just not the affectionate hearts and flowers type, but it severely affected me. So I set out to do everything in my power to make her proud of me. I figured that if I found so much success, she couldn't deny it, that she'd have to compliment me and pat me on my back. And that's all I ever really wanted from her. She did, kind of. But she would make comments and say things like, you go, baby. But, you know, for me, it always still kind of felt a little forced. Then my parents ended up losing their home and began staying in hotels. So in an effort to alleviate some of their financial burden, 
My husband and I brought them to live in our guest bedroom. This is when our relationship began to shift. She was so happy that she didn't have to worry about anything anymore. Her mindset went from survival mode to a place of belonging and freedom. We cooked together, watched movies, and we talked in ways that we hadn't before. It felt really good. I began to see her for the flawed and beautiful human she was, not as my mother, just as another woman with her own life story. Through our conversations, I learned that she had lots of regrets. She wished she could do lots of parts of her life differently. She felt that her mother didn't love her the way she needed her to. She felt alienated from her family, and she longed to be loved more than anything. When she passed, she had spent the last 40 years of her life with someone who never loved her back the way she deserved to be. He said it himself. She had not been given the grace she needed to be a woman properly loved by her husband. She didn't get flowers or jewelry or protection, leadership, or pure love from him. She was never swept off of her feet. She didn't get her Cinderella moment. This hardened her heart because I'm convinced she was a romantic at her core. The most troubling part is that the alienation she felt from her family was caused in large part by this. Those around her that really loved her knew that she deserved better and wanted her to leave my dad, but she never did. So those relationships were always strained because those around her knew that he was the source of her trouble. But when she moved in with us, she felt love. She saw my husband and how he dotes on me, the way he spoils me and surprises me with gifts, protects me and and looks at me. She would always say, oh, he's so sweet. I just love how he loves you. I realize now that it was bigger than that. He would bring her flowers too. He would buy her gifts and cards and he would go downstairs and just talk to her. It's like he was always checking on her and doting on her too. She not only got to see me have the kind of love she always wanted, she got to experience it as well because he made sure she was properly loved too. I will always be grateful to him for that. The love in our home was able to open her up and change her for the better. She was able to talk openly and honestly and to be the best version of herself. She smiled all the time. Then we watched her go downhill. My mother had a myriad of medical issues. She was obese. She had CHF or heart failure. Her heart was enlarged. And because of the CHF, she would get fluid buildup in her body, which would surround her lungs, making it harder to breathe. So she was on oxygen for a couple years already before she began going downhill. But I noticed she was losing her zest. She didn't want to cook anymore. It was harder for her to stand because she said her knees hurt her very badly. She'd gained a ton of weight. She started staying in her room more and more. She didn't want to shower anymore. When I went to Africa in March, I was worried about her because she was still talking and laughing. And we talked throughout the duration of my trip. But I I noticed that she was kind of, you know, different. I can't really describe it, but she was definitely different. When I came home, she was still pretty chatty until right around mid-March. Her oxygen demand kept going up and it seemed she wasn't getting enough oxygen. I was scared and I know she was too. I kept trying to get her to go to the hospital, but she refused for a couple of weeks. I was a hospice nurse for years and at the end of someone's life, there's a distinctive odor that patients get. I've smelt it many times before. It smells like death. She had it. I told my husband multiple times, and I had this sense of doom. She was becoming more and more unresponsive and isolated. She would sleep most of the day away. 
You could be in the middle of a conversation with her and she would nod off and be hard to wake up. She was confused and we started to not be able to understand her. I knew that the oxygen to her brain was low because she was so confused. So I walked in her room on a Thursday morning to check on her and I couldn't understand what she was saying. She then proceeded to have a seizure in front of me. She didn't have a history of seizures. This was her first time. So after her seizure, she was alert and talking, and she even said no, but I called 911 on Thursday, April 1st. She left my house for the last time, mad at me, because she didn't have time to shower before the paramedics arrived. When she got to the hospital, her oxygen demands kept increasing. They were concerned because due to her large size, they didn't want to intubate her because she would not be a candidate for a tracheostomy, which is when they make an incision in the neck to open a direct airway through the incision in the trachea. So on Monday, they called and told me that there wasn't much else they could do. On Tuesday, they wanted to discuss hospice, and we opted to do that. On Wednesday, they allowed us to visit her. She was awake and talking to us. I FaceTimed everybody that couldn't be there. But when I left the hospital, I knew that she was leaving us and it was going to be soon. By Wednesday night, they told me she had coded, meaning her heart stopped and she had lost oxygen. And they put her on the most oxygen they could without intubating her. But it wasn't helping. She was in pain. Hospice wasn't even an option anymore because if they had to move her home or to a facility for hospice, she wouldn't survive the trip in the ambulance. We visited her to say goodbye. When I walked in on that Thursday, she was taking deep, strained breaths. I knew how much pain she was in. I told them to start the process of removing her from the machine so that they could medicate her and alleviate her pain. She wanted to talk to us but couldn't really because she had such difficulty breathing. I walked over to her and I told her it was okay if she wanted to go and be with the Lord and that we would be okay. I thanked her for everything. She shed a tear and she squeezed my hand and she shook her head as if saying no and pointed at me and mouthed the words, no, thank you. I love you. That's the last thing she said to me. We stood around her and I watched her as, as the machine showed us that her heart rate was dropping and so was her oxygen. And I watched both of them drop to zero and I announced to the room that she was gone. She was gone exactly one week after the paramedics took her. When I close my eyes, I see my mother in that last moment. Her giving me thanks and saying she loved me. It's weighed so heavily on me. It's changed me. I began to get all these calls from family and friends who wanted to offer their condolences and kind words. Every single one of them told me how proud my mother was of me, how she bragged about me, and beamed with excitement when telling them about my accomplishments. At first I was upset because I couldn't understand why didn't she tell me. She told everyone but me that I looked through her phone. She was saving pictures of me. She saw her daughter live in Times Square, New York on the NASDAQ building. And she wanted everyone to know. She told her friends I was doing things she could never dream of doing. <laughs> When I went to Africa and, as she said, flew across the world, she was so proud of me. I realized that she loved me the whole time. The biggest lesson I learned from losing my mother is just because someone doesn't love you the way you needed them to, doesn't mean they didn't love you. 
We often set expectations in our minds that stipulate how we are to be loved, and if someone doesn't check off all the boxes, we deem their love as insufficient. Everyone comes into your life with their own experiences, and if they can just only love you from their capacity to love you, then that should be sufficient for you. Your love languages may be very different, but that doesn't mean the love isn't there. We were becoming closer all the time. I was upset about all the missed opportunities from the past, but even more saddened that we were robbed of what could have been. And I still am. But then I remember what was, how she greeted me every time I came into her room with, is that my beautiful girl? And how she FaceTimed me every day, multiple times a day, because she was never able to walk up the stairs to come and talk to me. So she called and threatened to come up the stairs and kick my butt if I didn't come down there and see her. How annoying she was. Oh, Lord, she was so annoying. She would always call at the worst possible time, and she would keep calling until I answered as if it was an emergency. And I'd always answer her kind of with an attitude, like, what is it that you want? And she would say, oh, I'm sorry, is this a bad time? (laughs) I don't want anything. Where are you? What you doing? And I'd be like, oh, my God, Mom, I'm working. But now I miss those calls so much. I want to say this to you. If you are someone who has a strained relationship with someone, especially your mother, I urge you to fix it while you still can. Because I promise you, there's going to come a day when it'll be too late and you're going to regret every conversation that you could have had. Fix it. Tomorrow is so not promised. And today is always a good day to let them know you care. Don't wait until they're gone to realize what you had. Today's Girl Which Way show is a loving memory of my mother, Delphia, and everyone else's loved one who's no longer physically with us. If you are grieving, I feel you and empathize with you. If you're not grieving at the moment, I hope you can learn something from this show and that it helps you because none of us can escape loss in our lives. Mama, I love you, and I did this one for you. So we've been talking about grief and the loss of my mother. But if you are someone who is grieving, here are five ways to help you through it. Number one, feel it all, baby. It is a must that you fully experience every emotion. Give yourself permission to sit in your feelings. You have to. Whether you're angry, sad, numb, or indifferent, you have to feel the fullness of each emotion, and each emotion may hit you all at once or at different times. It can feel like you're bipolar because at one moment you're smiling and the next you're bawling your eyes out. This is normal. Experience your feelings. Don't hide them. Crying is so healing and freeing. Number two, don't forget to take care of yourself. With arrangements and family and work and kids and life, it, it just doesn't stop. And it's not going to stop simply because you're dealing with grief. It's easy to get caught up and lose your way. I have literally asked multiple times a week, did I even eat today? This is not intentional and I even feel hungry, but I just don't have an appetite or I just don't want to cook right now. I was also not drinking any water and that's a big no-no. I look in the mirror and there are bags under my eyes because I'm not resting. Every time I close my eyes, I see my mother's face. So I just stop closing my eyes. You might bail on household chores, become irritable, lose concentration, or even begin to self-soothe with alcohol or drugs. Take care of yourself, my love. Get up and be active. Pray, meditate, listen to some good music, go outside, get some fresh air. 
Do whatever it is that you need to do to focus on yourself every day. It's imperative. You're no good to anyone if you have to be put out of commission because you collapse from sheer exhaustion. Number three, talk about the person you lost. Sometimes we avoid talking about our loved ones because it hurts so heavy to think about them and the fact that they're really not coming back and all we have left of them are those memories. So we bury those discussions. No, talk about them. The good times, the bad times, laugh at them. Keep those cherished memories inside of your heart, but let them out. Get together with your family or others who knew that person and share stories. You can't grieve alone. You need that solidarity and support during this time. Your memories hold a lot of weight during your healing process. Surround yourself with your family and stop trying to prove how strong you are and allow others to support and comfort you through this time. You need them. Number four, forgive them. Oh, this is such a big one. Sometimes when people leave us, we are left with all sorts of shoulda, coulda, wouldas to unpack. There are missing pieces to the puzzle that we will never be able to put together now. You thought you had more time and now you're stuck. You start regretting the things you never said. You're upset because you they didn't give you what you needed or you didn't say what you needed to say or they didn't say what you, what you needed them to say. You're mad at the future that you've been robbed of. You remember that last argument and ask yourself if it could have gone differently. You need to quiet your mind and center yourself. Breathe. Let them go. Forgive them. Whatever you are carrying in your heart, let it go and forgive them. Understand that you can't change anything that happened between the two of you. They loved you the way they could. Everyone is a sum total of their experiences. Different experiences cause us to love and express our love in different ways. Just because someone didn't love you the way you thought they should doesn't mean that they didn't love you the best that they knew how. Forgive them and then forgive yourself. Number five, keep going. I know it feels hard to get back to your life, but you have to resume some sort of normalcy. Getting back to your routine can be a needed distraction. Some of us do what we do very well, and when we don't do whatever it is that we do, we don't feel whole and like ourselves because our passions and purpose work makes us feel the most alive. This is not the time to lose that fire. Don't rush yourself, but don't allow yourself to go too long without getting back to your passions, especially when you know they're your lifelines. I postponed interviews, travel, photo shoots, and even producing content for social media because I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I love my work, my writing, my podcast. Simply using my words is who I am. It's when I am at my best and I couldn't even do any of it. I just felt so uninspired. I wanted to get back to it more than anything, but I couldn't. Finally, after I couldn't be without it any longer, I forced myself to record. And do you know what? It made me feel like me for the first time since she's been gone. Get back to whatever makes you you. Grief is such a complex emotional state, but it will get better. I look at life differently. I want to love differently. I want to run after all of my dreams and live my life in a way that I am remembered. Loss is a part of life. If you are someone dealing with the loss of someone you love, use your circle. You need your tribe. You can't grieve alone. Don't forget that the person you lost also loved you. So let's carry our loved ones in our spirits and our laughs and our joys and our wins and in our losses. For they live inside of us, inside of our essence. If you close your eyes, you can see their face and hear their voice, and you can feel them with you. That's how they live on. Take them with you and remember them fondly. 
throughout all of life's endeavors. Mama, you live, baby. I love you so much. Today's show is in loving memory of my mother, Delphia, and everyone else's loved one who is no longer physically with us. Please rate the show on your favorite streaming platform and share it with one person who you think needs to hear it and ask them to do the same. Remember, good, better, best. Don't you ever let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. Until next time, your friend and motivator, Shalia. Bye.